Hello, good afternoon, good morning, good evening, depending on where you are listening from or watching from. Uh, this is Leadership Talk with Adegoke. This is the 79th podcast. Yes, 79. And I have the privilege of uh, speaking with me uh, on this session, Leadership and Storytelling. I have Sandari. Sandari, how are you? Very good, Adigoki. Lovely to connect with you. Awesome. It's uh, morning there for you. It's evening here for me. It's uh, five or six. And though it's May here, it is suddenly there's a dip in the temperature here. So it's pretty interesting times. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. So you're speaking from Hong Kong? I'm speaking from Hong Kong today. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. How, how long have you been in Hong Kong? Yeah. So I've been here uh, 16 years. Awesome. Uh, so it's and Hong Kong uh, is called the Fragrant Harbor. So I think it grows on you. You pick up the fra fragrance and you really settle down in the place like this. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much for coming on Leadership Talk with Adigoke, the podcast. Uh, we're so privileged to have you. And uh, I'm sure our listeners will get a lot of value from this session. Now, tell us, who is Sandari? That's that's always a tough question. Uh, there's an easy way of answering it, maybe, uh, which is to say I'm the chief everything officer at Soundbites 11. I'm an organizational consultant and business storytelling coach. Okay. I help leaders and teams drive business outcomes, build a personal brand and be more human at work using storytelling. Awesome. However, you know, I don't want to stick to a label or go by a definition. Um, I'm very inspired, uh, you know, by Lucy Kellaway, who okay. used to be a journalist at Financial Times. And right. after decades of a journalist career, she reinvented herself as a teacher. So wow. I studied finance. I did my, you know, cost accounting. I did my MBA in finance. And then I pivoted to the talent space. So yeah. I always feel like there are like two characters on my shoulder. One is the finance one and one is the people one. And I yeah. won't say which is the devil or the angel, but like, you know, there's always a wow. good conversation there. Awesome. And, awesome. Awesome. and I want to awesome. think of all of us as people who have a lot of potential. So multi-potentialite is a word. I just That's feel right. that you can be successful in multiple careers like you're doing now. I mean, other than your talent consulting, you are doing your podcast, 79th episode. Congratulations on Thank that. Thank you so much. Thank you so and much. So I think that's been my biggest realization over the last few years that All right. you're not only a corporate employee or an entrepreneur, you can be a faculty, you can be a mentor, you can be mm. a porter, you can be a tennis player. And all mm. of these things really connect to make you a better person and create a better impact. Awesome, awesome. You know, I just love that. I just love that about you, Sandari, uh, you know, because you, you come as a very authentic person, and I don't use that word carelessly. Um, um, you know, I mean, we, we, we have almost similar backgrounds. I studied finance and moved to, uh, did an MBA, you know, I did a master's also in real estate. So, cuts across real estate, finance, uh, talent management, uh, leadership, you know, customer service. But I can tell you it helps to uh, give me um, uh, a very interesting story because my journey, which I'm sure yours is also very interesting as we're going to be learning, uh, has helped us to also be able to add more value uh, in the space. So, so you're welcome. Now tell us, how did you get into leadership? Yeah. 
So I think, uh, you know, when I was working with uh, ANZ and before that with Unilever, one of the things that really struck me was that as you go deeper into an organization, while your mm. domain expertise is very important, which is what gets you into the door, mm. uh, your ability to actually connect the dots across disciplines is really mm. what matters. Yeah. And what matters even more is just dealing with people and how mm. we are with people. Because as a leader, you're not really doing anything, to, <laughs> to be honest. What you're doing is creating space for others to thrive. And I think just going into that, so it's almost what I call the M-shaped leadership. Wow. So you have your domain verticals like you have on your real estate, on your finance, on your talent, but you're really connecting the dots and creating those arches across these disciplines. And That's right. I think we're all evolving about our definition of leadership itself, right? I think when you yeah. start off, um, when you start off initially as a new leader, the leadership begins with yourself. It is very introspective. It is very focused on the self. And it can put a lot of pressure on the person. Yeah. So I'm trying to now look at it more on what is the impact that you have outward on others? Yeah. Uh, right. I remember when I was heading one of the branches at ANZ, and this is way back in the 90s, I used yeah. to have a tracker for sales conversations and at that time, you know, even Excel was not very popular. It was probably Lotus 1, 2, 3 or something. But I used to keep a physical notebook. Yeah. And I would religiously follow up with reminders in my diary, in my file of facts, have it dated and all that. And I didn't realize how much of an impact that was having on my relationship managers in my team about wow. creating the discipline of follow-up. Recently, just about a few weeks back, I reconnected with one of my relationship managers who used to be a relationship manager for me 30 years back. But wow. 30 years later, he talked about how that defined him. And that is something that practice is something that he followed in all his sales jobs to good wow. effect. You know, wow. I know. So I think sometimes we don't realize some of the impact of what these are. We follow from others. We look mm. at the discipline of others, what they do. And mm. You do want leadership to be self-forming these days. It is yeah. a capacity of a human community to shape mm. its future. That's and right. I think as we go, leadership will be more who is a relationship manager. How are you mm. dealing with your stakeholders? Mm. And I always think of uh, this person, Arne Sorensen, okay. who used to be the CEO of Marriott. Sadly, he passed away last year. Wow. And in the thick of the pandemic, he wanted to come and speak to his people and oh, all his press crew and his PR guys were saying, no, 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 don't go on video. And the reason was that he comes on video to make this talk to his team. And mm. uh, like he used to have nice, dark, thick hair. And in the video, all his hair is gone. It was gone. That wow. Because he was taking treatment uh, for a disease. And mm. he said that my PR folks told me, don't go on camera. And he said, you know, as you know, I am taking treatment. So this is how I look. This is me. And I want to be here for my team. I want to mm. talk to my team in person rather yeah. than just an audio. Mm. And he lays out how difficult, obviously, for the hotel industry pandemic has been. He talks about, you know, really acknowledging the reality of the situation. Talks mm. about how he and his team are taking a salary. Um, you know, they're not going to take salary for a few months. He also talks about what is the plan of the future. So really leaving them with a optimistic, hopeful note of what mm. the future might be. And 
I really think that it's like almost like you know I'm sure you read Brené Brown as well. It's yeah. like really having the courage to be imperfect, mm. being vulnerable about yourself there, connecting mm. in an authentic way and uh, really being compassionate about others, being aware of others and what they do and I think that's where leadership is really headed now. Awesome. Awesome. So what what tell us about storytelling. What what is this about storytelling because it's it's quite interesting. Yeah. 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 I think that's what I've been sharing in this conversation so far as well, right? Yeah. Uh, story yeah. of your story, my story, story of leaders like Arne and things like that. So storytelling in business is all about being purposeful, deliberate and systematically applying story techniques so mm. for an organization to help deliver business outcomes. Mm. And it is a human skill especially in these days when we are talking about 3 Cs. communicate mm. communicate communicate that's all we mm. hear right it's mm. it's all about communication yeah and stanford did this research talking about what is it that really helps shape organizations uh, cult and their culture and they said storytelling is what really shapes it is what are the values that you encourage and what you don't value and you discourage awesome and today like you do in your podcast we are all trying to grapple for three things Hmm. we are grappling for attention that's right we are looking at how we can cut through all the noise all the content rich environment so many options that people have how can that's we grab right. people's attention we are hmm. looking for comprehension how hmm. can you simplify the complex how can you use less jargon how can you talk human to human right? right and we are talking about retention how hmm. can you as a leader make your messaging very sticky how can it be something that people listen and follow and feel influenced and inspired and okay. becomes very very crucial and i'm thinking about you know in um, working with leaders you realize that the good leaders really use examples to make a point and mm. that's how they build trust as well and i'm thinking about uh, obama and jack ma they were yeah. at this apex summit in manila in november 2015 and in the course of the conversation it was a climate change conference and obama is asking jack ma saying why is climate change so important to you and mm. jack ma gives a talks about you know it's not just my passion it is a concern or worry for me and mm. he talks about when he was 12 years old he mm. went to swim in a lake and he almost died in the lake it was too deep mm. and 5 years ago he went to the same lake and the lake was totally dry hmm and he says that is why for me climate change is not just a imperative it is a real concern for me now wow. as as i share this example of jack ma talking about it you can visualize it right you That's can imagine right. a river which was teeming somebody almost drowning then you hmm. can also imagine the shock of the river being dry Mm. in such a short time mm. so that is what really storytelling does it helps us to really create that impact and messaging and make a point without being preachy without That's talking right. in assert- assertions so it's those visual movements which mm. connect to our heart mm. and then influence action awesome and and inspires others you know it makes you uh big brings out the creativity in people you know absolutely uh, and also makes you a relatable person you know um yeah people also want to know your stories not just about you telling stories of other people they want to know your journey 
And, right. uh, you, you know, um, it's about connecting with the heart before you connect with the hand, you know. Totally. Uh, you know, and also in the, in the, in the selling space, you know, uh, mm -hmm. you are, you are, you are the product before, you know, they buy into the product of the organization. So it's not just about going there and, and being very, you know, going on a pity party and saying, look, they want to know your story, you know, I mean, as professionally as possible. So awesome. I'm, I'm learning a lot. <laughs> if you just join us, this is um, Leadership Talk with Adegoke, the 79 podcast, and I have Sandaris and Darius speaking from Hong Kong, and we're looking at leadership and storytelling. Now, what's, what's the, what's the, where, where, where do they meet? Leadership and storytelling, where, where's the connection? Yeah, you know, um, it's almost like a cultural anthropology conversation. So there's this cultural okay. anthropologist called Mary Catherine Beetson. And okay. she says that the human species thinks in metaphors and learns through stories. Hmm. And that is why storytelling is one of the best ways for a person or a brand, like you said, to establish trust. Hmm. When people hear stories, their brains light up in the same area that are only active when you are experiencing something. So it's That's a right. very visceral, experiential kind of moment when you're talking about stories. Hmm. So as against, you know, regurgitating facts or presenting bullet points, yeah. stories make it memorable. It clears hmm. our receptor channels hmm. and then it creates that meaningful communication. That's right. So our natural tendency is to embrace stories and it creates a connectedness. So two strangers really form a relationship through stories. And mm. in those small moments, you form an opinion about that person. Mm. We call it the sliding door moments. It's like, you know, when the lift doors are almost about to close, somebody yeah. actually quickly jabs that button and helps mm. the door open so that person can come another person can come in. So it's yeah. that then you're saying, oh, thank you, thank you. You know, you opened the door for me. So those are called the sliding door moments. Mm. Early trust is built in those moments. Mm. You know, uh, I'm sure you follow football. Um, I do. I do. <laughs> so um, I'm thinking about Romelo Lukaku, uh, the yeah. Belgian player who plays for Chelsea and also yeah. for the Belgian team. Yeah. He talks about his life growing up. And how he owed that his family, and I'm sure you know about this. He wanted mm. to really create a better life for his family. And he remembers the exact moment when he felt they were broke. Mm. He could picture his mom at the refrigerator. He was six years old. He comes back home during the school lunch break. Mm. And he's, the mom is like, you know, they used to have the same menu every day. It was bread and milk, bread and milk, bread and milk. And when you're a kid, you don't think too much about it. You don't know the other world. You don't know what else is there. You think mm. that's what people eat, bread and milk, right? But he didn't realize that that's all they could afford. And that one particular day he comes home, he walks yeah. into the kitchen and he sees his mom at the refrigerator with a bottle of milk. It looks like normal, but she's mixing something in it. And then she's shaking it up and he can't figure it out. Then she brings the lunch over to him and she's smiling as if everything is okay. But that's when he realized what was going on. She was mixing water in the milk because they didn't have enough money to even make the milk last the whole week. Mm. So they weren't just poor, they were broke. Mm. And he says that was a moment when he decided that he will change his family's fate. Wow. 
and we all know what he is today now you know his journey and where he is and i think it is really moments like this when somebody shares like bob moment that is the kind of bridge that creates you create an opinion about that person it triggers a story and a similar thing from a company point of view it builds trust mm. so really sharing examples experiences really creates a pull mm. and when you look at organizational level you yes. know when you talk about you could be talking you talked about sales yeah. sales folk sharing stories to create a connect with the clients how can you That's build right. a better connect how can you use yeah. stories to explain your strategy mm. why are we doing a certain thing why is a change initiative coming out how can you mm. use stories to overcome resistance within the organization That's how right. do you communicate data and move it into insights mm. because just data is just hard facts right but you want to move into insights you want to know the narrative around it so really mm. using those makes the difference and that's where the two meet well wow, awesome awesome this is this is so good this is so good i'm sure for those who are listening and are going to be listening to the replay of the podcast I'm sure you take a lot of notes now i want you to speak to this um, what if a leader is not able to use stories uh, in uh, in his journey or a journey in true leadership what's right. what's the consequence of that yeah i think like we said you know stories really build trust yeah. uh, and as a leader trust building is one of the key things that you want your team to have because you're not really um looking at doing everything you want your teams to be in the same page aligned with you and yeah. doing that action yeah. so when i work with clients i hear a lot of times that you know my leaders are not impactful in communicating change they're not inspiring action i mm. hear that you know analysts are talking data our techies are very good at tech but they're yes. talking bt they can't mm. talk human <laughs> they can't impact our stakeholders this is all problem statements mm. so stories just don't describe our world they actually shape our world and let me share about you know when uh, ray gilmartin he used to be the ceo of mersk the okay. pharmaceutical company okay and he was going to talk he was giving a talk a few years back uh, talking about the economy and the regulation affecting the drug industry and that's very topical now with you know with all covid vaccines and all that so yeah. he's talking to this room of people he's saying how musk is like really contributed to the world through life providing life changing drugs he's talking mm. about the company philanthropy mm. he's saying that we've created 800000 vaccines and and we've sent it to botswana we've sent mm. 1.4 million vaccines in america and so on and so forth while all this is impactful his audience is just glazing over mm. because it's the most boring you know he's just rattling off numbers yeah people don't want to hear numbers people mm. are talking out you know you're getting lost in bullet points you're losing the true value of the message mm. ray really listened to the audience he realized that the audience was not listening to him yeah. so he listened to them and he stopped and he just took a pause and he talked about a particular incident which happened in 1942 there was yeah. a young woman who had contracted an infection after a miscarriage mm. and she was hospitalized in connecticut for a month wow. and for that entire month she had been running very high fever 105 degrees and all that she was going in and out of consciousness the mm. doctors were trying a lot of different things to treat her and nothing mm. was working 
And around the time, they thought the young woman was just going to die. Wow. And one of the young doctors said, you know, I've heard about this experimental treatment that is being done by this company called Merck. And if we can borrow a dose from them and try it, we can at least try if we can see if we can save her life. Mm. So they take almost half the stock of what was even produced because it was an experimental batch. Okay. And they tried on this woman. This woman, her name is Anne Miller. Hmm. She became the first person in the United States to receive this new drug. Wow. And the drug was penicillin. Wow. And it saved her life. Wow. So which is why he says Musk is really believing in creating drugs which look at saving life. We work at, you know, experiments which are going to look at new age drugs, something which will work well. And that's what we want to do. We want to save people. Amazing. Amazing. And I mean, I just want to ask you now, as I was telling about this, you can picture that young woman, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, back, back in the, back in the days, about 80 years ago. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And what a life changing thing this would have been. Penicillin, I mean, imagine yeah. that young lady almost dying, high fever. So there are a lot of these visual moments which the story brings in, with the example brings in, which That's helps awesome. the leader share it. Now, mm. if you were just presenting a deck, it's like death by PowerPoint. <laughs> mm. Mm. Instead, mm. you're talking about an incident, a narration. And that is why leaders really need to look at how can you use it as a communication tool so you move people towards action. Wow, 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 wow. Effortlessly. Awesome, awesome. This is this is so good. I want to celebrate and salute your expertise and depth and knowledge, you know, on this uh, subject matter. Leadership Talk with Adigoke, the 79th podcast, and uh, we have on the platform Sandari from Hong Kong, and we're looking at leadership and storytelling. Now, um, you know, you've uh, given us um, a lot of nuggets, and I want you to speak to a leader out there, you know, um, two things that you think a leader must do right now, you know, to use uh, two tools or two strategies regarding storytelling that a leader can use to uh, scale their business. Yeah. yeah. You know, a leadership is really not about the big things. Um, yeah. It's about, it's not about changing, just changing the world. I mean, there mm. are people who do it, but regular you and me leadership is not about that. It's about having impact on individuals, and making the difference using lollipop moments, as I call it, the small things which make mm. that difference, you know. Mm. So I think it's really focusing on everybody can be a storyteller. It's looking yeah. at, it doesn't, you know, some people will say when you ask, are you a storyteller? They'll think of everybody else, but they will not count themselves as that. So yeah. I think everybody is born with it, but you have to hear and live those stories. Mm. All of us have these bunch of experiences. And so we are able to say, oh, here's something that happened to me yesterday. Mm. As I was walking down the road today, I saw this and this is what I learned from it. Mm. You know, so it's really looking at those small moments and reflecting on them and building your story repertoire, building that bank, story bank where you're keeping your stories. That's so right. I think keeping in mind how can you keep your stories real? So when you talk about people, when you talk about specifics, mm. 
Mm. Talk about when it happened, who were the characters, what was the conversation, mm. what happened at that time. Then you're, you're luring people into the conversation. You're creating mm. their minds to say, oh, so what happened next? You're drawing them into the conversation and then it becomes a two-way dialogue. Wow. So I think if you look at listening as a skill, and this is a very underrated skill, I could definitely work more on it. Uh, <laughs> stories are all around us. That's right. Like I was just reading uh, Bloomberg Business Week yesterday, last week's issue, and there was a note about this, pa this parents who started this coffee shop called Billy and Bao, if I remember the name right, mm. because their two kids were autistic and they mm. wanted to create a coffee shop which could be run by mostly differently abled people yeah. to provide it as a job opportunity. But also a lot of the times people look at us as an NGO, as a you know non-profit. But they said, yeah. no, we want to create it as a for-profit organization. Why can't differently able people be working in a for-profit organization? Why does it have to be only a non-profit? Mm. So this is a great example and a totally different thinking, right? Mm. Mm. So really listening, keeping your eyes open for this and collecting them. Mm. And I don't know about you. When we were younger, uh, I used to grow up. So, you know, we used to want to build up our vocabulary. So hmm. the minute I learned a new word, I would immediately use it in a sentence somewhere. Yeah. Sometimes, you know, the audience may not even know the meaning of that word. Sometimes even I won't know the full meaning of the word, whether the context was well, right. Well, you're seen as very intelligent. But you would use it, right? You would use it and then you would try test it with the audience and see whether it's working, whether they are nodding, whether they are laughing, what is happening. And then you would refine it. Wow. So storytelling is pretty much like it. Wow, wow. You share an example of what happened. Then you check with the audience. Oh, so what are you making out from this? So just for mm. example, when I shared the example about uh, Lukaku, yeah. I could ask you, um, for me, it showed, you know, about his journey. Yes. Yeah, what, what do you make out about Lukaku as a person? I could ask you a question. That's right. Right. And it, and and it, becomes, it becomes more interesting because, I mean, when you look at poverty, you can use it to relate to you know, where he used to be and where he's now being successful. And, right. You know, bring out so many dimensions from that. Yeah. yeah. So actually, then you're creating a conversation. You're also testing whether, okay, I started sharing that incident for a particular reason. That's Did it right. connect with my audience? Yeah. Because I think it is always, I call it the ABC, the audience before content. Wow. Wow. It is very important to orient yourself to the audience, whether... You know, the audience will recognize it, relate to it. What is the reason I shared? What is it that the audience connected with? Are we on the same page? That's right. Right. Okay. So really looking and then refining your conversation. So it is almost like a lot of practice. Mm. Um, mm. You know, whenever yeah. you see that somebody is an expert uh, in sharing examples, that means they've practiced a lot. <laughs> so I can say you, I can confidently say that you're a professor of storytelling. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I think it's work in progress. It's all learning. I think if awesome. you're curious and you're asking the questions, um, and I remember Thomas Friedman, the person who's he's written a lot of very lovely books, he talks about he would give an employment to somebody who CQ is more than their IQ. 
and he wow. calls CQ as the curiosity quotient. Wow, wow. More than Amazing. the intelligence quotient. So really wow. looking at how you can ask those questions, how can you learn and putting that learning mindset into, so practicing practice, a lot, practice. listening, hearing. <laughs> awesome. Now, two more questions and, and we're done. You know, um, I just love the energy. I love the enthusiasm. I love the authenticity. I just want to celebrate you and salute you for what you're doing, even globally, uh, reaching out and just adding value. I'm sure our listeners are enjoying this and, uh, you know, they'll take a lot of notes. Now, uh, two more things. Who are your mentors? Do you have mentors? Oh, lots of them. Everybody around me. Wow. Right now, you for the wow. energy that you bring into the podcast to be able to consistently do something and actually shine a spotlight on others. That is a talent. So hats off to you for doing that. Thank you. <laughs> I think about, you know, I think about Adam Grant. He wrote uh, that the mark of a lifelong learner is recognizing that you can learn something from everyone that you meet. Hmm. So knowledge, you can best seek from experts. That's right. Wisdom can come from anywhere. Mm. So I'm part of a lot of mentorship programs. I'm a mentor in a lot of platforms. And I equally learn from my mentees about mm. the work that they do, uh, wow. you know, and how we can really learn from everybody around us. Wow. Awesome. Now, um, the last, uh, but not the least question, because I'm sure we're still going to be engaging having opportunities to speak to the world after this session. We'd like to invite you to come back again and again and again, if possible. Thank you so much. Now, I want to ask you, if our listeners want to reach you, how can they reach you? Yeah. You know, in conversations like this, uh, it's time bound. But we, I do hope people can reach, reach out to me on LinkedIn. Uh, okay. I'm on Twitter as well. I'll send you my Twitter handle, but it's a very low-key presence on Twitter. I think I like being in that space, but I'm not significantly active. But LinkedIn would be a great place to find me. And okay. what, what's your what's your LinkedIn profile name? Uh, my name, Soundhuri Mukherjee. It's the same name. Uh, okay. So you'd find that there. And awesome. I think would love to continue the conversation with you and your viewers for sure. So please do connect with me. Thank you. Thank you. So you've heard from the professor of storytelling, the lady, <laughs> the lady, very humble lady with a lot of uh, energy, expertise, very rich, um, you know, experience, background, very detailed uh, from all the way from Hong Kong. Sandari has spoken well on leadership. Talk with Adegoke. I will look at leadership and storytelling. So at the same time, we want to appreciate everyone. Do you want to say bye-bye to the audience? Yes. Uh, thank you so much. And I'm sure the audience, I think one of the things about rapport building is when any of these examples really create another example in their mind. Oh, yeah, yeah I've seen this happen. And then that's where the magic happens. We make the stories and the stories make us. So thank you wow. so much, Adi Goki, for creating this platform and uh, you know i'm feeling elevated by this conversation <laughs> wow wow i'm so too i'm so joyful too you know this has really made my day and i can see storytelling uh, from you know even a richer perspective and so as you journey along i'm sure you you have more success thanks Thank and have so a great day everyone yeah <laughs>